You're listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. Kyle Caldell is in the yes, house sir. today. Yes, sir. Kyle, how you doing? I am great and fantastic to be sitting here with the Lee Clamp. I'll tell you what, Kyle is from the Metroplex of Iva, South Carolina. Yes. Yes. Man, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Uh, so pastor there at Union Baptist Church in Iva. Iva is a small rural community. Um, I like to say that it's probably one of the only places Jesus will recognize when he comes again because it's not changed since the first time he was here. <laughs> so there, it. there's that. So yeah. So um, pastor there at Union, we've been there for uh, almost three years now. Moved here from Townville uh, about 40 minutes away in the same association where I pastored uh, a great church there, uh, Double Springs in Townville, for almost 12 years before okay. we moved wow. to Iva. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, wife, 22 years, 1, 21, 22, somewhere wow. in that neighborhood we've been married now. I have one oldest daughter with a grandchild, and she and her husband just had a grandchild. So wow, got grandpa. A grandpa. Um, so there's that. That's fun. It's different. But it's fun. We had her yesterday, actually. Had oh, wow. Yesterday, so All right. spent the day with her. So I'm glowing today. Of course. Yeah. And then you just handed her back. Just handed her. So you her could get some rest tonight. Right back. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that was rough. We, we're not <laughs> sleeping right now when we have the baby. Um, oldest son, Caden, is about to graduate high school this year. Okay. And uh, youngest daughter, Kendall Ann, she's 15, about to be 16. She's at Crescent High School as well, a sophomore. There wow. 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 And we foster. We don't have any fosters right now, but we've been foster parents. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Wow. Great family. And uh, and I know with a six, 16-year-old daughter, you know, you've got some guys around the town that, that you've instilled the fear of God in, correct? I have. Okay. I have. And it's necessary. And they might not know this about you, but you were a bull rider back in the day. They know it. That's one of the ways I instill the fear of God on them. Make sure they know <laughs> This dude's tough. This dude's uh, tough. What? All right, you got to help me with yeah. this, man. How, how does anybody crazy enough to be a bull rider? All right, well, I'll, I'll simplify it and make it really short. Between 7th and 8th grade, I was at a rodeo with some friends of mine. Uh, we don't have much to do when we were growing up in northeast Georgia town I grew up in. Okay. So rodeo was a thing. We were at a rodeo. I took uh, a shine to a young lady that was a barrel racer. Oh, nice. Right. I really thought she was pretty. Uh, talked to her friend that night at the rodeo, mm-hmm. asked if she thinks maybe this girl would be interested in dating me. She said, no, she only dates bull riders. None take That oh, night. I got gotcha. you. I became a bull rider. No. <laughs> serious as a heart the attack. The things we'll do for uh, middle school love. Man. Absolutely. Uh, I became a bull rider. Uh, actually, the, the following week, I rode my first bull. But and, you got really good at it. Well, I don't know. No, uh, you were good. I stayed on a few and got bucked off a lot of them. Uh-huh. Uh, but I did fairly well for you know a, a amateur bull rider, and then yeah, ended up parlaying that into a good little fun time, fun, yeah. fun few years for me. So for people that don't understand bull riding, like what what do we need to know? Like what do you try to do as a bull? 
rider. I mean, uh, you a bull just, rider, um, don't die. That's number yeah. one. That's kind of the goal <laughs> is uh, stay alive on this thing. No, uh, you sit in the chute on the bull. Uh-huh. Um, you you latch onto a rope. It's a bull uh-huh. rope. Um, you spur him as good as you can. Dig your spurs in. Okay. They open the chutes and you hang on as as tight as you can for eight seconds. If you can make the whistle, you get a score. The bull gets half the score. You get the other half. Um, it usually don't ride the full eight seconds most of the time you get bucked off before then but if you stay on eight you get your score and that's how you compete wow that sounds a lot like a deacon's meeting a lot like it's i've said a thousand times it's so much safer than pastoring (laughs) so much so so less risky than pastoring a church (laughs) i love it i love it well listen man i'm from a small town i mean we had two stoplights when hardy's came to town we were super jazzed up my dad wanted to be the first person in the drive-thru to try to be the first customer we were he he even got the receipt signed because the first fast food came to town so i understand small town ministry (laughs) i love it so let's just talk about it like tell me what it's what it's been like there in ava and and i and i know that the lord's been doing some just incredible work so yeah tell us about it yeah for sure yeah so ava is small i've only pastored in rural context i've only pastored in rural context this is my lot in life and i absolutely love it i yeah. grew up in a little place called red hill georgia unincorporated we didn't have a stoplight that's awesome that's where i grew up in the united methodist church that's mm-hmm. where a little small umc church out oh, in the middle we converted of the country. you to southern Baptist. we converted me and my mother too you've met my mother yes. she was a methodist too i had to uh-huh. go and baptize her at uh, First Taylor's. That's right. So, uh, That's yeah, right. so grew up there. And uh, so it's all I know is small church and, and small town ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely love it. It's unique. Mm-hmm. It's unique. It's got its unique challenges and unique blessings being in a small town. But it's my bag, man, for sure. And Union is certainly in that small town. Mm-hmm. We're actually not even in town. We You have to drive out of Iva to get to Union. So nice, yeah. So we are off the beaten path. Yeah, you're you're the suburbs of Union. We are the suburbs. Yes, we are the suburbs. Well, tell me about some uh, cool things that are happening in your church because, uh, you know, a lot of times I think we've got this misconception that, um, you know, that you know, you go into a rural context and you just kind of, you know, just uh, settle in and and you know, you don't really see new growth, you don't see new people coming to Christ. But that's just not the case. Everywhere in South Carolina, three out of four people did not engage in any Christian church. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, and people matter. People count as much in Iva as they do in in, in a metroplex sure. out here in, uh, in, in South Carolina. And so talk to me through some of the things that you guys have seen that's just been uh, really encouraging that the Lord's done. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Our uh, first six months there at Union, this is uh, six months, the first six months there, I am pretty certain, I might have my numbers a little off a little bit. We just very intentionally evangelistic anyway. It's kind mm-hmm. of my, my bag anyway is mm-hmm. uh, evangelism. Uh, I think that we had seen 26 or 28 come to Christ our first six months there and were baptized. Wow. So, yeah, we came in and the Lord just blessed there in that Now, when you town. say 26, 28 baptisms in uh-huh. that first context, how many people were coming to the church? Like before uh, when that, we got there. Wow, uh, 120, 130. Yeah, so in I, that neighborhood, you know that that's thirty percent. That's like one out of every three. Uh, I mean, right now in our in our Baptist churches, we see about four people baptized sure. for every one hundred in worship, and we're talking about twenty eight, thirty right out the gate, right yeah. out the shoot. If right you out will, the shoot. Right out so, the so tell me about some of the things that happened with that. Yeah, so that was all of that momentum, and mm-hmm. then COVID. 
Oh. Yeah, our first six months and then COVID yeah. mm-hmm. hits. We, but it was really uh, hindsight being twenty twenty. I think mm-hmm. it was a blessing in disguise because we were we seemed to be outpacing our ability to adequately disciple. Okay, these new believers. Uh, so we we took that um, that COVID time where we were out of church and in smaller groups, if anything, uh, and really tried to develop some leaders so that when whenever we came to the other side of this this covid mess which i think we may be in hopefully um we would be more adequately prepared for that discipleships with leaders who have now stepped up and have been trained and developed and i, th- I think that's been a, a real so it's been a real blessing uh in a lot of ways covid was because it didn't put the brakes on things but it allowed us time we don't want to waste that time uh so we developed some leaders during that time and and now we're continuing to see that that trend of evangelism mm-hmm. taking place and a lot of people coming to, to faith in Christ. And now we're more more able to really um, disciple those new believers. So that's now, been an now you were you were talking earlier about um, about about baptisms and being prepared and sure. expecting it to happen. Yeah. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, that's been a big deal for us, Lee. We we've tried to develop what we're co- we call it a, a next step culture. With okay. our staff, with our church, we're always talking about next steps, always. And that next step is going to be different for everybody that's in attendance. But I can guarantee you this Sunday morning, every person at Union, whether it's their first time at church or whether they've been in Christ for 60 years, they've got another step to take. You know, the scriptures are wrought with, with this idea of faith being a walk or a journey or a race. Right. And you can't take any of those things without just taking that next step. So that next step may be for some church membership. That next step might be uh, a daily Bible reading that you're not engaged in or sharing your faith publicly. Uh, it might be baptism. It might be church member, whatever the case might be. So we use that, that idea of next step and that culture of next step. So we go ahead and every month we go ahead and schedule a baptism celebration, whether we have a candidate or not. Oh, wow. We are going to have that baptism celebration, and we talk about it. We we emphasize it. We publicize it on uh, on our social media. We It's everything. We talk about that next step of baptism, and right. we have that on the calendar. And with the exception of just a couple of months during COVID and, and one month where uh, it was just a scheduling issue with a parent that couldn't be there. We had to postpone a baptism. But every month in the nearly three years that we've been there, wow. we've baptized. Wow. Maybe one. And maybe we baptized half the Crescent High School baseball team a couple of weeks ago outside wow. on a Wednesday night. Wow. So, you know, that, that having that next step culture and just go ahead and expectation of baptism, putting that on the calendar, what that's done for us is even when we don't have a candidate, it's opened up conversations. So we'll have uh, on a number of occasions, uh, either myself or my or our staff member will have someone come to them and say, hey, you were talking about baptism this morning. I keep seeing it on the screen, our baptism celebration, May the 1st or whatever the date might be. Um, what does that mean? Why do I need to be baptized? And we're able to then say, okay, well, here's what the gospel is. And share the gospel with that person. They come to faith in Christ, and then they follow through with their next step of of baptism. So the Lord's really been gracious to us. I love that expectation. I love that expectation because uh, I've been to uh, churches before that um, hadn't baptized in a long time. Right. And uh, and their baptistry didn't even work. You know, I mean, they had plumbing issues or whatever, and they were just putting it off until somebody— you know, might want to get baptized, but the expectation to say, not, we're filling this sucker up 
every month. Absolutely. And and then looking around at your staff, your leaders, your deacons, and just saying, hey, who are you guys expecting to get baptized sure. this month because of you? Right. I, I mean, that all of a sudden just kind of raises the, the, the thermostat on evangelism, especially me personally as I'm working with individuals. Well, in order to actually get out into, into lostness, uh, you guys have done some things outside the walls of the church. So sure. uh, just talk about some of those things. Yeah, well, being a, being a rural church, um, our resources are, are, are not endless, mm-hmm. for sure. We're, we're a smaller congregation. We're probably a regular, you know, normative-sized mm-hmm. congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Lord's blessing, and we continue to grow, for mm-hmm. sure. But still, even still, our resources are thin. If everybody in Iva shows up at my church, the mm-hmm. whole population, we're still not a mega church. I love it. That's where we <laughs> are, <laughs> right? So what we have done, we are in a great association, mm-hmm. a Saluda Baptist Association, right. a geographically huge association. Uh-huh. I think 84 churches in it. Okay. Great association. So we've developed a lot of partnerships in those associations. Okay. But even on, on a more uh, on a more micro level, mm-hmm. we have the Star Iva Ministerial Alliance, okay. which is a... a even smaller association of yeah. churches right in our community, and we partnered together in everything. So, for instance, the, the town of Iva called a few months ago and said, hey, we want to do an Easter thing. Could y'all help? So the Star Iva Ministerial Alliance, wow. we, we said, okay, this church from our association, we, we'll, uh, we'll provide yes. food for that day. Uh-huh. This church is going to share the gospel yes. and make a presentation of uh-huh. the gospel. Uh, the church that I serve, we put together uh, blessing bags this year, and we handed them out with the gospel tracts and you know, prayed for people. It, it was just it was fantastic. So we, all of our events, in essence, that are outside the church are done in partnership and in cooperation with fellow uh, bible believing churches. Uh, we have uh, the FCA, and we our association uh, does the baccalaureate service for FCA. So this month, um, the high school FCA is going to be coming to our church wow. for a big baccalaureate service that's okay. uh, done by our Star Iva Ministerial Alliance. So partnerships have been extraordinarily helpful uh, yeah. for us, and I think that's wise for any um, rural church. Right. It also develops kingdom mindset. Right. It helps to foster that. Yes. And, and so in our little association of churches right in our community, uh, we will often have people, because you know how rural tr- areas are, right. we'll have people upset about one thing at one church. They'll just bounce over to right. the other one because they know everybody there anyway. Right. And within our lives, we, we have pastors, and I've done it myself, that have sat down with these people and said, you need to go back to your church and get things right with them. Wow. Um, and that's worked, and that's you know it's been mm-hmm. fruitful. So, yeah. so it's a real blessing. What sure. I what I love about a small town is that you know a lot of people um, give it a hard time saying you know everybody knows everybody else, everybody <laughs> else's business, and all of that. What I like about that is that when you get really serious about seeing every life saturated with the gospel, yeah. you can actually put names to it, right? Absolutely. I mean, you can actually see these are the pockets of people that are not being reached. These are the neighborhoods where we only have a couple of families going to church. And then when you collaborate with other churches, you can say, hey, are you guys over in that neighborhood? Absolutely. Are you guys over there reaching these individuals? And when you start to see, hey, they are these pockets of people, you could literally put a plan together sure. to where over the course of uh, just a few years, you could at least give every man, woman, and child an opportunity Absolutely. to see, hear, and respond to the gospel. And um, and And when you work together, too, uh, there's there's something beautiful about like pulling resources together and, and doing something even big. So mm-hmm. uh, you guys have done some student ministry things together with. Uh, or you got dreams to do that? Sure. Uh, no. So yeah. Tell me about what happened with that. It's with been students. great. Well, I'm I'm not a very smart guy. Mm. 
No, I don't I do don't. a lot of things well. You were a bull rider. Well, of exactly. You're smart. Of exactly. You're smart. You, you can't be smart and ride bulls. <laughs> One thing I'm really good at is hiring great people. Okay. So I've got a great staff. And I, right. I've got a tremendous uh, associate pastor who also works with our students. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has put together um, camp, working with other youth pastors, mm-hmm. I think called Camp Church that okay. they do, hundreds and hundreds of kids. Wow. Uh, have, have wow. it's, we started it during COVID, yeah. Uh, where camp kind of died out, but right, we wanted to right. give kids and students a, a camp experience. So it's a one day conference that, that we host every year, and I can't remember the date. Uh, it's at unionbaptistiva.com. Right. We'll, we'll have the information there. But uh, we work together with partner churches all over our association, all over the county, really. And we do this huge conference. I, there are hundreds, I don't remember exactly how, maybe 500 students there last year wow uh, so many came to faith wow. in christ and and we funneled them into local churches so yeah. it, man it's it has been it's, it just keeps growing it, it's gotten legs and it just keeps expanding so they had a great lineup this year clayton king's preaching this yeah. year and it's just going to be a fantastic he, he, he's he's done a, a day or two with the sharing the gospel. one or two yeah. one or two yeah well so you know there's great. there's churches running you know o- over a thousand that would you know just uh, die to be able to see 500 students come right. together like that. Yeah, and when you when you pull together that kind of uh, that kind of energy in a small area and able to see that 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 just gets you energized. All yeah, right, so does. you've been you've been doing this uh, this what you're calling rural church work. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, 75 percent of our churches, right at 75 percent of our churches, are 200 or less uh, in South Carolina. Sure. And so, um, you know, the majority of people that are that are listening in, it, it, even if it's a new church or or a, a, a traditional church or a long church, legacy church, whatever, two hundred or less is is the norm, right? Yeah. So, what have you learned uh, in this context from a leadership perspective? That may be helpful for those who are leading in those arenas. Yeah, well, a couple of things. Um, one thing that that I think has been very helpful for us is. When it comes to rural church ministry and the resources that are available, um, tr- staff is often transient. Mm-hmm. Uh, most most your rural churches are going to be, if they staff at all, is volunteer staff or bivocational staff. Right. Um, and it, it's a little bit transient. It, I got so frustrated early on in, in rural church ministry because I have a, uh, a youth pastor that was doing a great job, mm-hmm. whether he was bivocational or, or he was uh, full-time. Right. And as soon as... It really started to take off and get some momentum. Well, another church noticed with a little bit right. more resources than of we course. did, yeah. and, and they went on. And I'm so grateful they're pastoring churches. So right. many staff members, I can look back and see them right. just thriving right now. I praise God for that. But it was frustrating for a pastor uh, in a rural church context because I can't change our context. You know, mm-hmm. we we kind of it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of getting frustrated, I just decided one day I'm going to commit myself to having a kingdom vision for this thing and not be frustrated, but look at what we're doing with staff in particular as a launching pad. Wow. We want to be able to launch them out. Wow. So it, it's been such a joy to see, uh, again, former staff members that we've launched out who are serving effectively and fruitfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned uh, my associate pastor now, Chase. God's going to use him. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so incredibly excited to see. Now, don't get me wrong. I hope he sticks around for a long, of long course, time. Yeah. But uh, when the Lord does call him on, we're trying to prepare him now. 
right. for that moment right. so that he can thrive in what he does next. So kind of launch him out. We're not losing staff. We're right. launching staff. I love that. That's a better way, I think, for a rural, any church, but particularly because it's so transient. Mm-hmm. Um, it's particularly for rural churches. I think it's a better way to look at things. Wow. And what are some other leadership lessons that you've learned? Well, as far as leadership goes, um, we've tried to really be encouragers uh-huh. um, in a lot of ways. One of the things that we're doing at Union right now is uh, we just challenged our people. I think what you you just celebrate, you're going to become. Right. So we've been celebrating other churches, celebrating kingdom churches and kingdom okay. partnerships. Um, and one of the things I really challenged our people on is being a, a, a blessing to other churches by blessing other pastors. Right. And I noticed a lot of pastors are being discouraged right, right now, having a difficult time. So what we've done with that is we've decided to host a pastor's appreciation banquet. Uh, our church funded it fully. Wow. We're going to bring in all of our local church pastors and just pour into them and invest in them wow. right, to the best that we, we can. It's going to be an incredible time. So encouraging others. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, that develops a mindset of a kingdom mindset as well. So right. we're, we're helping other churches by doing that. Another thing that we've uh, really learned mm-hmm. over time is the danger of comparison when right. it comes to the rural church. Okay. Again, because of where we are, uh, we're not large. We're not going to have a lot of resources. Uh, there's very few places for people to work in Iowa. We mm-hmm. had a big mill. We're a mill town. It, right. The mill closed down. We had electric co-op. The co-op closed mm-hmm. down. Uh, I would get. I think I, I've heard the stats that 70% of our town was employed by one of those two places at one time or another. Um, so, so we're limited on that. So mm-hmm. we jumped into this idea um, that. I, I, we don't need to compare ourselves to other churches right. because it, comparison's the thief of joy. We've heard that. We're not going to be able to do what the church in town does. I got you. We don't have that. So learn to be comfortable in your own skin right? and, and doing your thing, how right. God has made you, how God has created you. It's been a real blessing not to, to just compare yourselves to others. Um, and another thing that I think is helpful for rural churches, and it's been helpful for us, we have poured ourselves into the local school system. Oh, that's great. Um, in one of the things that I like to do when I come into a town, uh, Double Springs and, and um, Townville, for instance, what are the people doing here? What are they like? What are they interested in? Right. And there it was the local fire department. Okay. So I, I, a couple of weeks into our ministry there, I'm preaching, and I notice half our church get up and run out. I had no idea what was going on at the time, but all of them were firemen. There was a oh. fire call. So they all, all take off. So I noticed that, and I'm like, okay, I'm your guy. Okay. So I go to the firehouse. I say, what do you need? I love well, it. How can I invest in this place uh-huh. and help you? I talked with the fire chief who eventually joined our church, he and his wife as well. They said, we need a chaplain. I became the chaplain. A couple of months in, I noticed they needed firemen. So I went to the South Carolina Fire Academy. I became a fireman. Mm-hmm. So I can jump in there. So we wow. moved to Iva. And, again, there's not a lot to do, mm-hmm. so people are in sports. That's the thing. Okay. More than anything else in Iowa, it's a sports-crazy okay. place, local sports in okay. particular. So rec and high school. So I go to the high school football coach a couple of weeks into our, our arrival in Iva, and I say, hey, what can I do to help you reach the vision, that you know, that you, to help you meet the goals right. that you have for this program? Right. And he's like, well, we don't, we don't have a booster club. I'm your guy. I'm the booster club president. Oh, wow. And, and you know, I'm, I'm there at a game or two, and I notice they don't have a PA announcer. Uh-huh. And I just go to the, the athletic director and say, y'all need a PA announcer. I'm your guy. 
So I became the voice of the Tigers. You're the voice of the I'm Tigers. The voice of the Tigers. Listen, you've got a face for radio. I'm not lying. I have a beautiful face for radio, no doubt about <laughs> it. But so so I call all the the games for baseball and basketball and wow. uh, football games. I'm the new voice of the Tigers. But what that did, it gave me a uh, people care about their kids. Yeah, of course. And grandparents care about their kids. So this new guy who's came into town, I'm an outsider. Iva is an insider kind of place. I got you. I'm an outsider, but I became an insider really quickly because I was investing in what they cared about. Yeah, because you cared about them. I cared about them. So that parlayed, though, Lee, into uh, developed a great relationship with our superintendent, with our high school principal, um, and he'll have me come in and I'll speak to the teachers. And so he said one day, you know, I'd love to appreciate our, our teachers and maybe feed them breakfast and speak to them. I said, our church will cover it all. So that's what we do. We covered that and allowed me to speak to our teachers and encourage them and inspire them before a school year got started or during COVID we were doing that. It's just investing heavily in there. And now that we've grown and got staff, I've been able to put those hats on others. So I'm not doing all of that anymore, but good news club, just in every school system, we're there. Uh I mean, I should be paid. I should be on staff (laughs) for as much as we're there. That's incredible. I That's mean, been a blessing, man. Listen, in every uh, in every small community in South Carolina, um, the school system is the hub. It it is sure. the place that ninety seven percent of an entire population is flowing through either public or private yeah. school. And uh, and then they bring their parents with them, right. and that's their most prized possession. And and for that reason, you know, um, you're one of those churches that um, you know has tried to jump into this Heart for Schools initiative to yeah. try to connect every public school with a church that's actually loving and serving them. Absolutely. And I think it starts with the pastor. Like when you when you jump in and say, "How can I help?" and then you you execute what they ask you to do, um, then then there's more opportunity that follows after that, and and your people follow after that 100%. Uh, to be able to engage every life there in that community. Um, you change the reputation of your church from just being that, hey, that's a good church down the road, people are nice there, to, hey, that's the church that cares about my kids. Right. That's the church that cares about my community sure. and our schools. So uh, just in the in a final thought here, any closing words that you'd like to have for encouragement? Yeah, as far as encouragement, man, I, I would encourage the rural church pastor. It is easy to look into that rural context and think, as you, you said at the very beginning, that everybody here they're already Christians, or it's such a small town, we're not going to grow. That is not true. There are so many people, and I have a South Carolina, who live there all their life, who have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. That's right. one of the things that we found. They've never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. We have people who sit in churches week after week after week who don't know Christ. They don't know him. A lot of the, Several of the baptisms that we've seen are people who were church members. Mm. Uh, we baptized a deacon. Wow. Our, you know, six months in to our, our, our tenure here, mm-hmm. the, the, the fields are white under the harvest in these rural communities. Yes. They really are. So the opportunities are absolutely in us. So don't, don't, don't handcuff yourself. Yeah. I guess you could say what yeah. that'd be my encouragement to, to think in that, you know, everybody here's already, you know, a Christian. They're not, yeah. they're not. You. And if you're, you're intentional about sharing the gospel and there's everyday conversations, celebrating the gospel, celebrating lives that are changed, celebrating stories, making mm-hmm. sure to keep those stories at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, God will do incredible things. He certainly is through us by his grace. So I'm, I'm thankful for wow. that. Wow. Well, spoken, spoken like a true bull rider, Yeehaw. Kyle. Listen, let me tell you something. It's just been a pleasure to be hanging out with you today, Kyle. I appreciate your heart, uh, your passion for the lostness and your, and your friendship. 
and uh, look forward to, to seeing what God's going to do through you. And if you're a pastor out there that, um, that may want to, you know, kind of pick Kyle's brain, uh, then give him a call. He can, sure. he's, he's pretty easily, uh, available and, and, uh, and you can reach out to him on his website and, uh, his church website there. And we'll have some of that in the, in the show notes. Thanks for being with us, Kyle. Thanks, Lee. I appreciate it. Yeah. Until every life is saturated and transformed by the hope of the gospel. Advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.